All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Step Zero. We are here today with uh, Felix Berghofer, VP People at Urban Sports Club. And uh, obviously, he will be here on, uh, on his own account. So what you'll hear today on the interview are his own views on the topic of mental health at work. Felix, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. Today with Felix, we, we wanted to address obviously you know, mental health at work, but specifically we wanted to adopt the angle of uh, a bit of organizational design, uh, role clarity, uh, performance reviews and guidelines, and a few of the topics that are very dear, well, to, to both of us and probably to, uh, to quite a few of our listeners. I know that, uh, Felix, you graduated in uh, industrial and uh, organizational psychology. You had your own consulting firm in the past. Now, obviously, you cover uh, a very relevant role at, uh, at uh, a very relevant company. Um, May I ask you, like, uh, maybe to share a bit more about your background, and uh, from there, like, why mental health is such a topic that is, is such a close topic to you? Why is that that important to you? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, the whole idea of why I like got into the the thing of studying organizational psychology was around that I found out for myself on pretty young when I was done with high school that I thought, well, the stuff that I'm mostly interested in is always, like. What does um, yeah? Why do people feel good or bad about their job, and what what are what are the stressors that um, yeah help people to to be positive uh, affected, and what what the stuff that really yeah drives them crazy in a way? And I've learned from myself that I'm not so much interested in the like, clinical part of, of psychology, but more of this organizational psychology part. And so this was a question that was uh, was there early on. And uh, while I was then studying organizational psychology, it, now I really got tons of uh, answers around those questions. And, and this is what always kept me driving. And then when I started my own little consultancy boutique uh, back in the day, I mean, there was a, were a lot of topics around this as well. When, when I came to companies, um, there was a lot about structure. And uh, so they always got, got back to that point that most of the conflicts and most of the stress um, that was really uh, that was there. That was always went went back to the root cause of that not the right structure is in place. Mm -hmm. And usually, like companies that have grown over time, um, yeah, there was never really that they never really took the time to yeah, to take the step back and look at the structure and adapt the structures and processes to the to the current size of the company. And this is like one of the major learnings I had early on. And this has kind of continued through my career so far that in all the companies I joined, it was always about you know, setting up the right processes and structures for the size of the company. And the company was into that time and then preparing the company for, for growing even further. Mm -hmm. And and this is this is directly connected to mental well-being because, I mean, as an employer, you pay people money, a good fair amount of money these days, and you really want that they perform at their best level. And, and therefore, you as an employer, uh, as an organization, uh, have a real big responsibility to uh, to offer a, a structure and a culture in which everybody can can live up to maximum potential. And um, but on the other hand, uh, I just want to drop that as well. It's not just about the responsibility of the employer. This is well about what the employee can do in his role as well. So it's not a one-way street. It's actually, it's, in the end, it's about what can both parties do um, to really make sure that um, 
yeah, the maximum potential is, is reached. And I think employees, they're highly motivated and they want to work and they want to bring their best at work. But on the other hand, they don't want to burn out. They want to stay employable for the rest of their lives. And on the other hand, uh, companies want people that help them to, to grow further. And but that like for a longer time as well. So in the end, it's a common interest, uh, different ways how to get there. But I think we'll touch on these in a second. Yeah, you, you actually, that's interesting. You addressed like one of the big questions when it comes to mental health at work, which is, you know, whose responsibility is it? And uh, obviously, uh, I guess the best answer is what, what we just heard from you. Like it's a, it's a, it's a two-way street. Uh, you know, there's a responsibility coming from the employer and making sure that uh, uh, obviously the workforce is, uh, is at its best, but at the same time, you know, uh, a fair deal of responsibility is shared by, that, by the employees themselves. Um, may I ask then on this topic, because this is obviously your, your very, you know, you have, a, you have tons of experience on the topic. And, and may I ask what, what you see since you started in the early days, so to speak, of uh, what they call nowadays organizational design. What do you see is being different, you know, today compared to what it used to be when you started getting into, into the topic of organization and restructuring and, and, uh, and revisiting processes at work? Well, I don't really think that there is, but like the old days and the, the current days, I think it's it's more depends on the, the kind of the, the business type you're in. I mean, if you're in a startup environment, I mean, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I mean, startup was the same in a way than it is today. I mean, if you have a you have a business idea that has a good uh, product market fit and you find investors and then you will always run into a hyper growth phase where we just uh, got to get on, on board people. Bring them up to speed and you gotta and, and time is really crucial to you and uh, founders are highly motivated and they really want to drive the business and everybody is, is really um yeah bought into the idea especially when the company is still small and um and this doesn't really change over the last you know, 10 to 15 years in my experience this kind of stayed the same i mean maybe the overall speed you know, was even higher today you know, due to the um like everybody's very much acquainted with all the uh communication channels there i mean they probably have uh, uh there are more now you know with slack and all that stuff and it's definitely a topic we should talk about a little later as well and and but it's interesting that i think the, the most changes are um, really like in the old industry um where with speed just picked up and um and they really understood that especially when they have like younger employees come to the company that like these old structures that the way the company is doing business needs to change and um i think one, one really interesting example is like when we're currently having this talk in the corona crisis and it's really interesting if you talk to different people from different industries or like companies you know, the one like all the startups everybody is everybody has laptops everybody you know, is familiar with like working remotely so that's not a big problem but i just uh, spoke to a friend of mine last uh, last week and he's like well in, the, in his company not everybody has a laptop because they only have a really small it department and, and they actually have people now working from home, uh, not working, they're just at home, not working, and they're just uh, paid at home. So, and this is really expensive. And they have like uh, offices with two people in. So they always have like one day as one guy, one day the other person, and the other one has, has always a paid off free day. Mm. And, and this is interesting because you know, in those cases, uh, they haven't adapted to the change and they were not ready for a crisis like this. Uh, but companies who are running on a you know, cloud basis, now you can work from every, everywhere. And this, I think, is the biggest change 
or where, where you can really see the the difference in how your technical infrastructure can help you or you know, is, is really a roadblocker. Hmm, interesting. Well, speed obviously, like you know, like when I <clears throat> when I start my my professional career, um, so to speak, like the speed was uh, I obviously I started in, in ad tech, which is which is most of my most of my background, you know, being digital and ad tech and speed was was always a big thing. And uh, you know, to to approach the topic of the or the main topic of uh, of what we what we want to cover at Step Zero, like uh, in the in the last few years, at least on 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 my side, we've seen this uh, this big surge of mental health and uh, and the concerns around mental health and burnout, which is you know unfortunately sadly like a big buzzword today, in connection with um, organizational process and restructuring and design. Have you have you noticed like um, mental health being uh, a topic of major interest lately, or was that also sort of always in the in the radar i think more like on a, on a society level it became more and more fluent or more and more easy to talk about it so i mean the <clears throat> the diagnosis no, the number of diagnoses been given by doctors on, on these terms i mean they, they skyrocketed over land i think 10 15 years and so i think it becomes more and more um yeah, okay yeah, to talk about this and people feel more comfortable uh, raising those topics than maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, and especially in an environment where, um, like at least before the crisis, then where there were tons of jobs there. I mean, and you could you could like, get a new job fairly quickly in the internet world. I think it's people feel more secure and then they probably address more of these topics. So, um, so it's probably a little bit both no? so it's like the general exception uh, on a society level no? that it's okay to talk about this and it's fine to be like this mm -hmm. and on the other hand definitely the the, the pressure of uh, of speed and and so on like all this information overflow people are, are having um this definitely yeah is pushing for this topic as well because more and more people get to a limit you know, for themselves where they see okay this is uh, this is more that i can take and and therefore no, it's and yeah I have more pressure. I have more, more. I get pushed more, and it's more comfortable of, of speaking up. And those two issues probably lead to lead to the situation that this topic is more vivid than you know, a couple of years back. Fair enough. And let me ask you, like, what are you know, given your your expertise and position in the in the field, like, what are the advantages and disadvantages of addressing or not the topic when it comes to reorganizing the or restructuring the company and how easy is it to to address such a topic mm. well in general i think it's always good or it's always very important to address topics like this because i mean independent of if you're addressing it or not they are there I mean, people. You know, people are human beings, and people, or employees, are human beings, and they feel like, and they feel some sort of pressure, and it's always better to address stuff like that so they feel heard and they they know they learn that it's fine to to speak up on those matters, and this is mainly like leadership topic, and this is like where the responsibility of a company comes in to really like sensibilize the the leadership team you know, in trainings and so on to be. Um, to be sensitive about these topics and have a ear uh, on the ground to listen to to the employees and understand what's going on and um yeah and 
giving them best or train their antennas and what could be signs of like burnout, you no know, early stage burnout, why you know, when you should like reach out to people and maybe have it, have a check and talk with them on what's going on and maybe just kind of take stuff off their plate. Uh, when you're seeing that the number of um, yeah, mistakes, you no know, typos and stuff like that. So those small changes, um, mistakes that they just like bump up because this, this could be a, just a little sign for this no? that you just see, well, no, the content might still be fine, but you just see, well, people doesn't really have the, um, have the focus anymore no? to really clean up their work. And um, just as a really tiny example, but I mean, this is what I've made good experiences with, with actually like making this part of um, like leadership trainings and to really address this topic that the leader is responsible for managing the performance of the employees. And this, this is, of course, it's not just about like providing enough pressure, but it's actually uh, having the right balance between like being pushy on the one hand, but on the other hand, having a really good understanding of uh, yeah, when, when is too much too much. Hmm. Interesting. It's, you touched on a very interesting point, which is, which is the early signs, like not necessarily, you know, obviously when we speak about burnout, we generally, we generally speak about the, the, the peak or the last phase of burnout where it's already difficult to handle the situation, right? Like, and, and it can be very tricky at that point to, to, uh, to provide a solution both as an individual or as a company in that sense. Uh, but it's, it's, it's relevant that what that you said, what you said about the early signs, you know, like the small mistakes, small typos, uh, a few, I believe a few conversations ago that we had, we spoke about like, uh, a few almost tantrums or, or politics that weren't there or uh, people getting more sensitive about certain issues and, uh, and, uh, you know, showing, uh, a bit of a discussion here and there between teams that maybe weren't there. So these are all early signs that, that, uh, should, uh, kind of like throw a hint to, to, you know, HR, to leaders, to, to anybody who's in charge of a team or, or managing people. This being said, like, let's say, you know, you're a leader in, in any company, like let's, let's take tech, but let's take actually, you know, every, every industry, every vertical. How do you, you know, you notice these early signs, like what are the first steps or how do you start even thinking about getting into the idea of reorganizing and restructuring company around the better mental health for people? I would say, I mean, I mean, there are always like, different goals involved. So it's not just like you don't just restructure a company just to mental health reasons, but it's like one of the elements that should be considered in this. And uh but I mean, mainly, uh, if you look at, if I look at my consulting world uh, work, um, in many cases, people like come or leaders or like a management team uh, says, okay, um, we, we have a certain situation here that we see like a lot of signs it's that many things are not going very well. So we have a lot of conflicts and no? we might no? we don't reach deadlines and people, um, no, we have a lot of people like calling in sick and there's something going on, but we just don't really know what to do. So and then you know, when I start uh, when I started looking into that, and this was was always coming down to yeah this is just not possible for me to to like to stay to stay healthy that employees were stating that no? it's because because of this and that and if you look at if you kind of do did a root cause analysis and then really dived uh, dived a little deeper into those topics it was in the end always around the structures so it was like okay what is what is like my home turf here and what is your home turf. And okay, what are you, what's or saying? What's your responsibility? What's my responsibility? Uh, leaders that really make sure, like, or communicate what are their expectations, um, you know, what, um, and towards the employees. 
and um, yeah, and don't accept mobbing, for instance, because um, all these things they they usually come from a yeah, from a structure or from a non <laughs> from a non structure in the company, and and then to really look at it, okay, what's like what's like the best way of organizing it, and because this clarity in the end really leads to like better outcome yeah, in terms of productivity. But then on the other hand, it has always a nice side effect. The more clear things are, the better it is for the mental health of the employees. And, and this is kind of difficult to position the topic there. It's just that we need to restructure this process because it's better for the mental health of our, our, our employees. And it's actually better to say, oh, it's usually easier to sell, let's put it that way, and to say, well, the management always wants to know what's in it for the company. And then you explain to them, uh, well, <clears throat> you have this and this, or you're experiencing this and that of kind of problems. And uh, like the third deadline is not met and we have like sickness rate is really high. And those are two things we want to tackle. And this is, these are our ideas, how we want to do it. And this should always be then, um, yeah, have including different measures. Uh, and then main measures going into the structures. And then second measure could be like a leadership training that is focusing on mental health. And on the other hand, maybe even work with the, or this is not maybe even, this is actually something that I consider as very important. It's actually offering training classes for the employees as well, how to deal with the current situation and how to kind of find for themselves their, their wellness spot inside of them. Yeah. So, okay, how can they stay men, uh, mentally fresh in, in this like high paced environment? Because when you're working in a startup, I mean, you know what you're getting into you know, once you sign the contract. So, and, and this is what I meant earlier. Is that, I mean, one thing is like what the company can, can offer. But on the other hand, it's like how do you manage yourself in, a, in an environment like this? And some people are better at that and some are not. So some need more help. And, and this is definitely something where a company can take responsibility in um, getting a trainer in and take, investing this time to really help people working on their time management skills. And because um, that can definitely help a lot as well. And this is what I did in the consulting uh, time as well, that I was actually working with like leaders on their time and management skills and to really help them to structure their day. And, and this then usually leads no, to, to, uh, to a well better, uh, to a better structured um, yeah, team management uh, skill set as well. And by this, obviously having a positive effect on the team as well. And that's, I mean, that shows the complexity of the topic, right? Because, you know, if we go back to, you know, a few minutes ago at my, at my question, I, I directly asked you, you know, how do you restructure? And this is probably you know, a, a question that you, that, you, that you might hear from other people. How do you restructure a company around mental health? And your, your answer was obviously, well, you don't, you don't necessarily structure a company around mental health or because of that, but mental health is, is one big factor in it, right? And this, and this shows like the complexity of the topic and, and the fact that uh, you said like it's, it's often a matter of, of structure. Obviously, you need to find the right measures and then proceed with the eventually training that is both on the, on the people manager side and the individual side, which again touches on, on the different dual responsibility, you know, between what's in it for an employer and what's in it for an employee. And, and so this is like for the people who are listening and obviously this has been, you know, a great, a great learning for me as well. Like when you're a structure or when you talk about, you know, redesigning, so to speak, an organization, uh, mental health is one, one huge factor, but there's a, a whole plethora of, of complexity in it, right? A lot of, a lot of um, little different 
uh, or well, small or big or uh, different uh, aspects to it. And I know that, uh, you know, like I know that you're a big advocate of um, clear guidelines. So clarify uh, who's in it for what, who's, what's everyone's role in that sense. And, uh, and you also touched on performance reviews in the past. Can we dig a little deeper into that uh, without giving away maybe too many details, but why are these two, why are clear guidelines and, and, and performance uh, talks or performance reviews that crucial in this sense? First of all, guidelines just help everybody to understand what's allowed and what's not allowed, because it actually is a quite crucial stress factor if, you, if you're not really sure you know, if this is okay or not. And this is really starts with like vacation policies and um, and as one topic, let's, let's touch on that because that's really interesting. I mean, uh, there was like this big trend from the Silicon Valley coming over. It's, it's so cool to just have like unlimited vacation days and to actually get rid of this structured approach of, well, you have 25, 28, 30 days of vacation. And, and this was really yeah, presented as like the next big thing. And um, and interestingly, what I learned over time is that it's actually quite stressful for the employees because like um, then you have people starting asking, okay, but how, how many days is fine to take? Is it fine to take 20? Is it fine to take 25? And then, or is it even fine for me to take 40 this year? Uh, because this is like, and this is actually causes not this causes stress for a lot of people, not everybody, but uh, but but many. And this is quite interesting. And I mean, I know that you know, maybe some of people who are listening will say, "What is this guy? What is this guy talking about? This is the greatest thing on earth." And it's it's really about uh, empowerment of the people, and every employee should should be responsible um, about stuff like that. But in my experience, it's really for. Yeah, two thirds of the people it usually causes stress, and and then like those social games start. You think, okay, I I only took fifteen days, but this guy took twenty eight. This is unfair. I should get paid more as him. And all by this, now all these topics come, and then you have those questions, and then usually, because I had this topic uh, with one company very concretely, and then we did an analysis, and we saw that like most of the people. Are, usually taking 15 to 20 days and then you have a lot of people who no not not a lot of but like a couple of people really take big advantage of those uh, these rules and they take yeah 35 to 80 <laughs> days and and in the end then we really came back to the thing okay now we need a clear guideline and this is what we're um, what we're willing to um, to implement and actually force people now to take those days as well because that's like another topic then make sure as a company that your people take your vacation days. And, and it's actually like, it sounds like a good idea in the beginning, but in the end, it's actually a tool to prevent people from taking their holidays because when they're not forced to, you have a lot of people who just never see the need or just think they cannot do it because uh, the environment is not allowing it because there's so much stuff to do. And so really have a guideline around vacation days. And especially have a clear guideline on uh, you need to take your vacation days in the in the year, um, and really like live that. And this is something that of course leaders have to live as well, because when uh, when you have like this face showing environment, um, this is difficult. But if you actually have leaders who make sure that they take their vacation days, this is then a good example for the employees that it's totally fine to take vacation days and really recharge and really promote this as you now we know that you're. Um, that you're a high performer, but even high performers, uh, well, we can cannot just exchange our batteries. And we really need those days off. And this is like at urban sports as an example. I mean, we always have the sports met metaphor, 
Uh, it's, it's athletes. Uh, I mean, they need their rests. And everybody who's into like weightlifting, uh, it's like one of the first things you learn. Um, the principle of um, of growing muscle is training hard, resting, get good food, uh, tons of proteins, and then um, after a couple of days, when you uh, when you're really back on your toes again, you can really hit it again in the gym. And, and this is a principle that's for some reason when it comes to work. Not so people, not so many people are really considering that. Not for sports, it's clear, but in work, they just think it's fine to work. I'm a, such a machine. It's great to work 12 to 14 hours every day. But no, it's not. And this is what, what really leads to the situation that people burn out. And so, and this is what, uh, where you as a leader can be an example that you really go and uh, you really uh, leave the office uh, or take and take your vacation days and really force people to do that. Uh, and one of the rules, and this is where it gets back to guidelines, if you have a strict rule, there's not, there's not a possibility to take maybe more than three or five days, carryover days to the next year. And if, you, if, you, if you're not able to take them, we're just going to burn them. Uh, people will make sure that they take their vacation days uh, because they don't want to lose them. And those are guidelines uh, where, which really help that people um, yeah, just take the, <laughs> take the time they need to recharge. And I relate a lot to that, I have to be honest, because it reminds me of, you know, you start, you start the job and, and one of the first questions that you ask as a starter is, okay, what are the, what are the actual working hours here? You know, like, you know, it's from nine to six or whatever. And, uh, and most often, especially in, in, the, in the tech environment, so to speak, or an in internet industry, whatever you want to call it, is, well, the official working hour is until 6, 6.30, but people don't mind if you stay until 7.30. Sometimes we stay until 10, right? And then you're even more confused because there's no clear, there's no clear structure. And the same thing goes to, and so, you know, on that purpose, on that topic, you feel, you feel bad about, you know, leaving at, at 6.30 and you feel like you need to push. And then you're like one of those guys who's just looking over his shoulder and waiting for anybody else to leave so that you can feel comfortable leaving, right? And, uh, and that, you know, like you said, like it's, um, it comes from a, a, a lack of structure, a lack of, a lack of rules and guidelines, as you, as you, as you call them. And, uh, and this is the big reverse that, uh, that a lot of, I, I feel, professionals don't, don't think enough about. So you, you give like basically loose guidelines saying you have as many vacation days as you want, but that's actually counterproductive for somebody's mental well-being. If you, on the other hand, give strict guidelines, you might feel like, you, you know, people might feel like initially, okay, that's, that, sounds, that sounds tough, but that's actually to their benefit, right? That's actually to, the, to their added mental well-being in that sense. And that's, I think that was very well explained. And, uh, and believe me when I say I can really relate to that because it is something that is very, very, very common and probably happens in every company uh, at the moment. And the other field where I know you're particularly vocal and adamant about is, is performance reviews or talks about performance. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of the same there that people want to be, people want feedback. I mean, they go to work, they put in their best and they just want to know, okay, is this good? Is this good enough? What I'm doing? Is this, is this, am I doing what I'm, what I'm, what I, what I am expected to do? And this is why feedback is, is so important. And, um, and of course, people want to progress their career. Uh, and so they want to be, uh, want to be told, okay, where, what do I need to do in order to, to receive a promotion, uh, to receive more, uh, to maybe get a salary increase and all these things. 
Um, so it's important that you have performance management in place. What, first of all, you know, make sure that the leader takes a time, um, a couple of times a year, uh, on really preparing a, a solid feedback and reviewing like what what was the job, how did this uh, employee um, perform, how did uh, he or she behave over time, and then most importantly, like after looking back, you know, looking forward in terms of um, what are the things that this person can develop and or needs to progress even more no? to be maybe to become to grow into a senior role or to to grow into a leadership role and in addition no, it's not just about like the individual situation between one leader and one employee but to actually have comparable standards throughout a company because of course people talk to each other and then it's the same with the guidelines on on, on vacation it's like okay you've been evaluated uh like three stars or three little Bs or whatever the system is. And, oh, and I got four. And so why did you get three and I get four? And I mean, uh, to be clear on this, it's never possible to like really put that in a really exact scheme. I know that like companies are trying this for many years you know, to really have this one, this one solution. This is so absolutely transparent, but it, in the end, it's still subjective because it's always a certain leader um, evaluating uh, one employee. And I mean, Maybe within teams, no? it's 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 usually easy, easier to comparable, but like when you are my leader, and then um, uh, there's another like my coworker is reporting to someone else, and they have different standards or different point of views. I mean, this will always be a little different, but as long as you have like the same base assumptions on, on this kind of setup, uh, this is how we how we're doing evaluations here in the company. This at least no, gives gives a structured approach to it and makes sure that uh, people have uh, the, the best um, the best alignment on these topics um, they can have, and and this like where leadership training of course comes into play as well. You know, that you really make sure that the leaders are up to date on what's expected. How are they supposed to um, evaluate? Um, what are like guidelines again on salary raise, uh, raises and so on? Somebody runs around the company and it's fire, uh, it's uh, yelling, so to speak. Yeah, I got a 10% salary raise. And somebody else was told, well, it's not really easy time right now. So be happy that you get a 3% raise. Then, of course, this will cause some some distractions and will have a negative impact on the mental health of the guy who just got the 3% because he might, might, might have felt, well, and that was a good one. And then he, he learns about that his three are not as good as a 10 the other guy got. And... Um, so this is why actually HR uh, can really help um, yeah, the company uh, growing because um, that's like really one of the topics that I've seen now in every position. Like when I joined a new company, it was always about, okay, please give us guidelines. Please tell us and all these, and all these crucial elements, promotions, salaries, and all that stuff. And, and that's just always important to have like little small frameworks in place which really provide orientation. Don't be too strict because uh, reality is always complex, but to uh, have clear and, and easy or well-structured formulas in place for all these questions. And then this, this already is, you can already achieve many, many good things with that without over-engineering it, especially implementing it fast. This is usually helpful before you like work on, have a project team for half a year on certain things, you know, just kind of implement it. Uh, the first try and then really have this build, measure, learn approach and then see how, how the feedback is and then improve it from there. That's, that's interesting. Like, and that's, uh, 
Well, I guess that's where, you know, why they call it nowadays organizational design, because there's this constant iteration, right? Like you, you rather than fixing like, a, or rather than coming up with a very fixed complex structure right away, you want to, you know, collect those measures we're talking about the data and then see how that plays out and then and then iterate and then work on that uh, work on that some more uh, and that i think like uh, again goes to state the complexity of the topic and uh, and it's good that you say that there isn't one uh, size fit all solution it's not that that uh, you know despite you know somebody like you has so much experience like can can still say look there is no perfect formula. Uh, I cannot, you know, come here and, and pretend to uh, restructure everything, everything at once. Like there will always be those natural flaws, so to speak, that, uh, that will make it kind of unpredictable in certain areas. Right. And, and that's okay. And this is something I feel at least that's something where employees uh, play a big part because they should also kind of like take a step forward and understand that uh, sometimes, you know, it's not that easy for leaders and managers to, to put all these new processes and regulations in place unless they get the, their full buy-in, you know, the full buy-in from the employees, which are the ones directly affected at some point. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to kind of like uh, fit everything, uh, you know, within, within those, uh, within the, the allotted time, because I tend to, and Dora hates me for that, I tend to, um, to kind of like go overboard and ask a thousand questions. So, let me let me slowly move forward to to the final side of the of the discussion and ask you ask you this one thing: um, if you were to give an advice to colleagues or or companies, organizations as a whole that want to approach the topic of um, reorganization of change management, uh, what is it that you know? What would be your main piece of advice? Like, would be maybe something in the lines of again, like you can you know watch out, you cannot get it perfect. Or, or what would be your, uh, I guess, statement in that sense? Yeah, I think really based on my experience, it's really about workshops and to really get, get into touch with people. You can do single interviews or you can do workshops. And, and my usually workshops is a better setup to really get 10 to 15 people like from one department and then kind of go through different departments really sit down with them and kind of listen and just ask them a couple of questions. I mean, what are the things that you value here? Why you come to work uh, every day you know, and why, why are you still coming to work? And so what's, um, and to be really open with this and like, I mean, if you're not comfortable with asking those questions or if you're afraid that they might not be so honest to you, I mean, you can always ask a consultant to do it as an external person. But in my experience, I mean, I've done it as a consultant and I'm doing it in different companies or did it in different companies and I never had the problem that people were not open to me because when you sit there as an HR person and just kind of say, hey, just tell me, I'm a blank piece of paper now and I'm new to company and I really want to understand what's going on. And, uh, or even when you're longer in the company, you can still ask, I mean, you know, how are you guys doing? What are the, what are the pros? What are the cons? And what do you really, and really love the question with the magic stick. So I always ask them if I would hand you a magic stick, I mean, what's the stuff you would like to change here? And with this, it's, it's very easy question, but you get tons of answers around, you know, what's, what's really, what, what's sucking right now and what are the things that they're troubling them and where do they need solutions? And in many cases, it's around those you know, guidelines and all that stuff. But at least you know what are the biggest pain points and you can find solutions for that. And, um, and then secondly, we look at, okay, what's feasible? Uh, is it really important to get like uh, uh, the third foosball table or the second t t um, table tennis table? Or is it about the, uh, do we need a fair trade banana instead of, instead of a um, Chiquita banana? 
or what are other things that are really important? And then how I said, it's usually around, okay, how's my work structured? No, what's my perspective here in the company? Um, is there any comparison between me and the other guy um, that leads to different evaluations? Um, things like this. And, um, and on the other hand, one topic we haven't talked about yet, uh, how to manage yourself. And I noticed that I mean, the, with all these communication channels in place, it's really about not getting too distracted. Because I mean, when you're like on a, on a video call, you always hear those Slack messages coming in by everybody who's, who's on the call. And like one of the things I always do is I just turn off all these notifications. So my Slack is, is quiet. And I mean, I just have a little number there showing me, okay, there are more, there are more chats come or more messages coming in, but it's still my call to open them up and look at them and not just I always hear the sound, but the sound has always a call to action to it. You know, it's the same with email. Um, so this is why um, you got to strike balance there as well and find solutions to this. I was expecting practical feedback, but this is this is very very actionable. Uh, you know, if there's if I could like maybe retake a couple of things that you mentioned is you know workshops definitely one thing that that come in very handy. You know, like doesn't always make sense to. It would be great, but it doesn't always make sense like for practical reasons to sit individually uh, with people or have like the one-on-ones. So to have, you know, 10, 15 people from, from per department and, uh, and ask honest, transparent questions is obviously um, a smart and useful practice. Um, like you said, you know, like I'm a, I'm a blank Canva, so to speak. So give it to me and, and see what, uh, what we can do from there. Then you spoke about, which is a part that I'm really, really passionate about the difference between uh, you know simple perks and uh, and actual quality of work um, so you know like uh, the the typical yoga classes and the, and the typical um, food stacks or or refrigerators or uh, or uh, kickers or whatever or playstation rooms these are all great um, but sometimes like uh, because of the feedback we receive like we should go a little bit deeper and uh, or ask deeper questions and, and uh, let employees let us in in what are the real problems within the, within the company. Uh, but it's important sometimes to not take it for granted. But uh, but uh, again, like uh, bring it to the people and uh, and ask whether certain things are uh, what they seem to be, or is there something we can improve? So that's another thing to consider. Yeah, I just wanted to add one more thing because referring to yoga classes and, and other perks, the, the point I want to make is the following. It's, I mean, yoga classes are great and, and other perks are great, but it's just about, it's not the solution for itself. Uh, so, I mean, if you have, if you're in a totally chaotic environment, offer a yoga class and you have like one hour of uh, yeah, mental health, but like, and then you might not, um, but it doesn't really solve the, the issue of that you have tons of, um, of um, problems out there. Because once you've like kind of like focused on the structure as well and kind of like helped um, to, to to sort all the uh, out these things, then the yoga class is even more helpful. Yeah. And and this is sometimes that um, what I'm noticing is that people just think yeah just put on the bandage yeah, like a uh, like a yoga class and everything is fine. Yeah, mental health is important, so we do yoga now. And yeah, but it's so so much there's so much more uh, you need to focus on to make it a full package. That's yeah. That's that's a perfect conclusion. Like perks, obviously, like more than welcome. But make sure you don't focus solely on perks. Make sure you combine those with you know processes and and guidelines and uh, an overall uh, improved quality at work. Um, Felix, thank you so much. Like uh, I mean, this was very educational for me and and hopefully for anybody who's listening. Like obviously, you know, 
you have so much knowledge and, and, and experience on the topic. If anything, you know, like uh, if, uh, if we'll have the chance, we'd love you to, to, to have another chat with you, maybe in the future, maybe on similar or different topics. Uh, I see you have a lot to share and you're excited about the topic. Uh, and, uh, and for me, it's just a pleasure because I'm, uh, you know, like I feel like I could talk to you for, uh, for probably half a day and keep asking you questions. Felix, thank you so much. And uh, I hope this was uh, as enjoyable for you. Yes, of course. It's always fun to talk about these topics. <laughs> thank you, Felix. Have a great day and we'll speak soon. Okay, bye-bye.